I prepared um, a little song. Hello there, listener. I want to say that I'm sorry for the things I've done. And I'll try to be stronger in this life I chose. And I want you to know that door I've closed. To the listeners, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. To my mama, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. To Dwight Powell, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. And to the stands, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Thank you. Hey, Reese, Bips, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Babes outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Hello, hello. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am your host, Mike Bibbins, and I am flying solo again here tonight. Uh, Reese had to step away for personal reasons, uh, but that's okay. We're going to hold it down, and um, hopefully he'll be able to join us Friday uh, after the Raptors game. But with that said, you know, we had a uh, big game here tonight facing the West, not leading, but one of the t- top teams in the West, the Utah Jazz, led by the king in the North, Laurie Markinen. And, you know, when this game started, we we <laughs> got off to a slow start. And that's kind of been the story, right? We We get off to these slow starts. We look disjointed. We look like we're not really uh, into it we go to a substitution and sometimes things get better. Sometimes they don't, but tonight was one of those nights where it got better when we went to the bench and I'm going to pretty much focus on, on the things that went well here in the front end. And then we'll get into the the other stuff in the back end. How do y'all like that? Y'all, y'all feel good about that, but let, let, let's get into it. All right. So first of all, what went right uh, again, I, I believe I mentioned it on the previous pod that we uh, have not really acknowledged much, about Luca in recent, recent, uh, recent, I would say since we started this pod, we typically don't, don't spend too much time on Luca, but I do have to mention it. Uh, 33, five and 11 for Luca tonight. He had two steals as well. He was 12 for 20 from the field, two for six from three, seven for 10 from the line. Uh, early on, he was getting to his midi. Um, I love Luca working from the mid range, whether it's a post up to to open up the offense or whether he's actually getting to a shot in the mid range. I love that. Uh, he got to the rim a lot. That that's that's a new thing this year. Is he's getting to the basket at a very very high frequency and actually finishing when he gets there rather than forcing passes. I need that in my life as well. the The next guy to really talk about, yeah, let's skip over. The next guy I'll talk about is Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, I know we've talked about Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Uh, he's had some up and down games. He is one of those guys. He's not as, as bad as Tim Hardaway Jr. Because with Tim Hardaway Jr., it's all or nothing. Spencer Dinwiddie can give you some other things if he's not hitting. But tonight, fortunately, was a night where he uh, he was hitting 
So Spencer Dinwiddie finished today's game. And I'm looking at the numbers now. He wasn't hitting a lot, but he hit some timely baskets. Uh, he was he had 20 points, four boards, five assists, four steals, eight for 20 from the field, four for 11 from three. Um, again, he had some very, very timely baskets for us. Uh, again, he didn't shoot a great percentage, but it seemed to hit the ones that we needed the most. Uh, like that's a, pretty much what a t- good Tim Hardaway Jr. game looks like. But again, he does those other things as well so when you combine that if you combine timely baskets with him doing those other things tonight it was a good Spencer Dinwiddie game uh additionally Christian Wood some reason Christian Wood still only got 23 minutes tonight whatever in his 23 minutes he was able to give us 21 and 10 on 10 of 15 from the field only one of five from three which means that only one of his misses was from within the arc keep that in mind and uh just an overall good game he uh, had a nice put back dunk uh there was one point in the game where i think he started kind of kind of cold early on or not cold but he was quiet early on in the second half there was a point where luca was on the free throw line and you could see luca saying something to wood and i i personally you could see wood perk up a little bit after that and i believe after the game someone said that uh in Wood's interview, which I actually missed. I watched the whole press conference, but I'm, I, I halfway paid attention during Wood's post-game interview, but he mentioned that Luca was instilling confidence in him. Uh, in the press conference, Luca also mentioned telling Wood or stating that he told Wood that they needed to find him more and that he personally took responsibility for not finding him more in the past few games. It worked out tonight, I will say, 21 to 10 and 23 minutes for Christian Wood. Now, that said, uh, I think I know what I'm going to title this podcast. And if I title the podcast what I thought I was going to title it, then you know I got to talk about the man of the night, and that is Dwight Powell. Um, I have said my repentance. Um, I will continue to say my repentance and, and pay my price, speak to the piper. But Dwight Powell was very, very key to this game uh, him coming in kind of turned things around for us his energy uh his knowing where to be basically on defense which is not something we were getting from other big men that won't be named uh you can't understate Dwight Powell's significance tonight just looking at the plus minus alone he was plus 25 the next best on the team was plus nine from Dinwiddie Again, plus minus is not a great one game stat unless the swing is that huge. That's 16 different than everybody else on the roster, minimum. Dwight Powell, again, huge tonight. Uh, Speaking of Spencer Dinwiddie, who I said was uh, plus nine, who had the second best plus minus, after the game, Spencer Dinwiddie went on a rant in Dwight's defense about. Uh, you know, saying a guy who was starting in the Western Conference Finals last year loses his job, still stays on the grind, still is the first one up off the bench to celebrate uh, a Javal McGee dunk, uh, still in the weight room religiously, still a great teammate, still Maxie's best friend, even though he's losing minutes to Maxie, and is ready to go when called upon. Uh, plus 25 in 18 and a half minutes for Dwight. He had nine points, five boards, a steal, and a block. 
four for five from the field, one for two from the line, but overall just did white pal things. He, he rolled hard. He set good screens. Uh, we went zone mostly when he was in and the zone worked. Uh, he was very active on the back line of the zone, which if you're going to go zone, you need everybody to be flying around and Dwight Powell was doing his job there. Um, an analogy that Spencer Dinwiddie made in when while praising Dwight Powell is he actually re- referenced Mavs Twitter and saying, you know, fans give him a hard time. He's always on the floor. He's always getting hit in the face, blah, 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 blah. But uh, he's kind of like that uncelebrated left tackle that is always doing the dirty work. You may not notice what he's doing. You may not really appreciate it. It's not sexy in the box score. Everybody can't score 20 points a game. But Dwight Powell is that guy that makes what everybody else is doing work. And I like that. Um, I, I like that a lot. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, not, my, I'm not changing my, my position on Dwight Powell at all. I accept what he is. Uh, I accept that there are still things that we need on this team, but I also accept that there are situations in time when Dwight Powell is needed and he's a good, uh, I think I said this to SJ on the timeline, he's a good pacer big. Like you can put Dwight Powell in there for a stretch of games regularly and get serviceable minutes out of him. I, I, uh, Tonight was a great Dwight Powell night. It was a great Dwight Powell matchup. Uh, Markinen and uh, Kelly Olenek are not necessarily punishing. Or they, I mean, really, the Jazz don't have a ton of guys who really punish you on the inside anyway, but uh, they do get to the rim a good bit. But again, it wasn't one of those games where like I have to watch Dwight Powell get bullied. Uh, so again, his energy, his activity, great for us tonight changed the game changed the game twice really because he came in in the second half and was very effective as well so Dwight Powell game ball as far as I'm concerned now that Spencer Dinwiddie quote kind of made me start thinking of some things because you know uh there's another there's several uncelebrated guys there's several uncelebrated things that happen on this team and happen in basketball and um you know, I'm a person that that loves deep defenders, and it's not always the the easiest sell when talking about it with other people because not everybody cares about defense like that. Despite some maybe even knowing how important defense is to the overall result in a game, it's still not a sexy sell. So Dinwiddie comparing Josh or not Josh Dw- Dwight Powell to a left tackle made me think of some analogies for some other guys on the team. So. Uh, my boys, Interpol, that's that's Josh, that's Maxie, that's Frank. Uh, made me think about what who I would compare them or what I would compare them to. And speaking of Josh, he was plus eight tonight. So that would be the third best plus minus on the night. Uh, he had two threes in tonight's game, which uh, you have to apparently hit at least one three per game to uh, – qualify for like league average uh, ratings and whatnot so for three-pointers anyway so uh, I think he's at 55 or something like that on the season and now that he's hit two more threes he's caught back up to total threes made total games played and uh, will continue to register in that that count but Josh Green is kind of like a Tyron Matthew type a honey badger type like 
He's going to get in there. He's going to cause chaos on the defensive end. He may put points on the board if given the opportunity, but his job is to be, be that energetic, chaotic energy guy that Troy Palomalu jumping over the center and, and get into the quarterback type of guy. And uh, he had a nice block tonight rotating over from the baseline and got a, got a block at the rim. Uh, he had a couple good steals, one of which was negated by um, Bullock committing a foul, trying to get to the ball. But just his activity, again, this was something that a couple of the guys mentioned in the press conference. Or no, uh, didn't we? No, Dwight Powell actually praised Josh Green's work in the offseason and mentioned him changing his body and doing a better job of understanding his timing. He He mentioned that, you know, sometimes Josh is – IQ his brain works faster than than or his brain and feet aren't on the same page so his brain knows that he should be at a certain place but he's so athletic sometimes he get he was getting there a lot earlier than he needed to be and he feels like this year Josh has kind of tamped that down and, and gotten it under control to where he's on time more than he's early like he was in the past so I, I like that from Dwight Powell as well the guys were really <laughs> bigging each other up in this press conference. So I personally, I respect that a lot. Uh, what else? Let's see. That's, that's most of the good stuff. Oh, I got to hit Maxie and Frank. So if, if I'm doing the analogies, if I'm continuing the analogies, uh, I got to give Maxie uh, an elite middle linebacker, uh, a guy who's holding down the defense quarterback in the defense uh, who can get that big hit. If, uh, if challenged in the middle uh, can also defend a little bit on the perimeter if if matched up on the tight end whatever um <laughs> you know i might be taking that one too far but uh that that's that's my that's my maxi analogy i guess and then frank frank is that shut down corner uh he, he's playing that lockdown defense on on your elite wide receivers he 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 might be able to make a play on ball from time to time as well but for the most part you're putting him in there to stop the other team's best offensive weapon, and he is good at his job. That's the good, right? Uh, this game was up and down. We had a slow start, and we had a we had a slow start to the first and the third. I don't want to put the don't put it one hundred percent on Javale McGee at all, but he definitely did not help. And uh, I'm gonna take a quick break here, and then we'll get to the bad. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back to tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bet if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100%. The DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Whether you want to bet on games today, games tomorrow, or you can bet on awards for the end of the season, you think Luka is going to win MVP? Oh, it's looking nice for that right now. He's the leader. Looking for a guy to win sixth man of the year, maybe a Christian Wood. You know, obviously this is biased. This is a Mavs podcast, but you can put money on anybody. 
rookie of the year, Apollo Bancaro. A lot of people think he's going to run away with it. A lot of this is easy money, money you can win. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, welcome back. So I said we were going to get to the bad here. Uh, I guess I, I I didn't want to start y'all out with the bad, but there was, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It just is the not good, right? So let's start with uh, the first culprit, and that is Javal McGee or Javal McGee. Uh, he only played eight minutes. He did finish with four points, two boards and a steal. He was two for two. Um, I feel like he's dejected. I feel like he's not comfortable he's not happy and I don't know if that's just his demeanor or if it's a result of his play the the way is my mic even plugged yeah I think so the way that he's been uh navigating the way that he's being moved to the bench quickly and not coming back in in the first and third quarters um I talked about this on the timeline as well uh, the Javal McGee signing, there are so many things that are wrong with the Javal McGee signing. So many things. First of all, he was our first free agency signer straight out of the gates. Secondly, we had one tool to sign a player for more than a minimum contract this offseason. Our taxpayer mid-level exception, which is about up to $6 million or something along those lines. We gave the majority of that to Javal McGee, a 34-year-old center who is was not really starting anywhere, and I can't imagine anybody else giving him more than a minimum contract, to be honest. So beyond, beyond giving him pretty much twice what anybody else was giving him, besides the fact that we went to him immediately out of the gate to free agency, Gave him a three-year deal. Now, my the way I feel about the NBA and, and basketball players is typically their best years end by around the age 32. But some of the great, some of the good, really good players can extend that to about 34 before they start to go downhill. Deval McGee is not good or great. and never has been either of those things. He's been serviceable at best. And he's 34, and we gave him a three-year contract. And I believe a player option in that third year. Sweet Jesus. Uh, So that part of it, also bad. Additionally, apparently we promised him a starting job. So right out of the gates, three-year contract, only way of signing someone new, starting job, uh, just an all-around bad. I don't know how we let them get away with this, honestly. I feel like I was bullied into to being nice about this, but I, this was a bad sign. Um, not bad in the sense that we couldn't use Javal McGee. We could have used him on a minimum contract at the end of our bench where we can plug him in where it was necessary to plug him in. But by forcing him into the starting lineup, we're putting him, we, we have a situation where we have four very different bigs 
and each one has their own strengths and weaknesses and we're putting him in situations where he's facing his weaknesses often and it's very evident when we play these basketball games he did not need to be out there against a team that starts Laurie Markinen and Kelly Olenek at the five who are ball handling perimeter bigs that's just if he was a guy who could punish them for not for being what they are that's one thing but he's not that guy we don't have that guy or we didn't have that guy uh that should be that so we have to match either match what they're doing if we can't punish them for being what they are we have to at least be able to match up with what they're doing and we we didn't have that we put ourselves in a a bad position right off the bat right I would like to believe that Jason Kidd will, after this 10-game stretch, that he allegedly needs to figure out what his roster is, even though most of NBA basketball, not basketball, I'm not even going to go there. Most of Mavs Twitter has already diagnosed what this team is and needs. Uh, Jason Kidd needs 10 games, so I'm going to give him his 10 games. I'm going to need, at the end of that 10 games, for him to be more flexible with his big man rotation. That includes the starting job. Moving forward through the old boxum scoreum, the next guy I want to address is Timothy Hardaway Jr., who played just 20 minutes tonight, uh, finished with three points, a rebound, and two assists. He was one of nine from the field, one of six from three. And look, man, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been at the top of my get rid of him list. <laughs> really since before the injury uh i do not like his game is he useful from time to time of course especially on a team that doesn't have a ton of firepower but when he's bricking it is bad and tonight was one of those nights where he was bricking it was bad and like he's getting the ball not facing the basket 10 feet behind a three-point line and his first thought is can i shoot this I, I can't stand that that part of his game, man. I really, really can't. I, I don't have any need for it in my life. Um, I need his minutes to be immediately cut if he's not hitting. If he's not hitting, put somebody else in, see if they are. I don't need him in, in the rotation guaranteeing him 20 minutes a night when he is not effective on that particular night. I don't need that, and neither does the team. Additionally, speaking of bricks, I was kidding. That was that was mean. Uh, Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith. So Bullock threw twenty-eight minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, was over three for the game. I uh, he had two points or two rebounds and an assist. Now at the end of the game, when we needed him, when he was wide open, he did hit the three. That does not negate the fact that he has been playing like complete butt cheeks and has not has not earned the 35 minutes a game he was getting. He did only play 29 tonight. But uh, I, I, I still need that to come down. Dwayne Finney-Smith somehow only played 26 tonight. I feel like he had been the guy who... Uh, kid was struggling the most to get his minutes down, but he only played 26 minutes tonight. He only scored four points. Uh, he had two rebounds and a, a steal and a block. He was two for six from the field, 0 for three from three. 
Uh, all the Bullocks shot attempts were threes, by the way. So he's one for four from three. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, he's a little bit, he gets a little bit more leeway with me because he's a 3-4 versus a 2-3 wing like Bullock who guards down. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith can guard up a little bit. So he gets a little bit more leeway with me, but he only played 26 minutes. I believe that was the, the, the Dwight Powell uh, when we played him with Maxi a lot because uh, Maxi ended up playing 25 minutes himself. Maxi, um, I mentioned Maxi earlier. I don't think he took a shot. No, he did not take a shot at all, but it didn't matter. It didn't, he didn't. The situations did not present themselves for him to take a shot. He did get five boards, two blocks. Uh, he initially I had him with three, but apparently they took away the last one. It, he didn't actually block it when they showed the replay, but initially they did credit him with a block, but they did take that away. I mentioned Josh Green has six points and a board in 18 minutes. Again, he seems to be consistently outplaying Reggie Bullock, and I, I, I need the, the minutes to start reflecting when that is the case. Uh, I understand that we need Reggie Bullock. I understand that he turns it up usually in the back half of the year. It is not the back half of the year. We don't need to be married to giving him a certain number of minutes. I don't understand that logic. I'm not saying bench him. I'm not saying cut his minutes tremendously. I'm saying bring them down a bit and play the guy who's playing better more. I, I don't know how see that as controversial. I don't see that as rocking the boat. I don't see how that's going to hurt his feelings if he's playing 24 minutes and Josh is playing 24 minutes. Uh, I would hope that he understands that his shot is not falling. Josh is playing better on both ends of the ball, in my opinion, but I'm just one man. You may disagree. I think he's playing better. I'm, I'm going to look right now at the, uh, Stat sheet, it obviously hasn't updated for today and it's not going to change tremendously, but, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at Reggie Bullock's averaging seven points a game, three rebounds, one steal in 33 minutes a game. Again, seven points, three rebounds and a steal. He's shooting 38.9 from the field. Somehow 41% from three, that'll obviously come down. Josh Green in 15 minutes a game, so uh, 15 and a half. Less than half the minutes of Reggie Bullock, Josh is averaging, coming into this game, which these numbers will go up, five points. Again, the three boards that Bullock is averaging in more than twice the time, uh, 1.2 steals, which is more than Bullock is averaging more than twice the time. Uh, I'll say 0.8 assists. <laughs> I'm going to put that in there. Why the fuck not? Uh, it's the same exact amount of assists Reggie Bullock has in more than twice the amount of time. It would, if you double his time, he, he would jump straight up to do, 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 do pretty much a tie for third in assists per game with Tim Hardaway Jr., who is playing more minutes. Um, and oh, let me let me put the shooting numbers on there. It is 64% from the field, 55% from three, which again registers or counts because he has made a three a game. And if you if you look at the rate, uh, Bullock is taking 4.8. 
Uh, if you double Josh's, it will be three. So maybe Josh needs to take an additional three a game, whatever, uh, if that's how you feel. Field goal attempts total. Bullock is only taking six. Josh is taking 2.3. So that would double and go to 4.6. So about a shot and a half less a game if you double Josh's minutes whatever maybe he could take an additional shot if, if he was getting more minutes we'll see um i thought josh was going to get to the 20 minute threshold that's all i want that's all i want is 20 minutes thought he was going to get there tonight he stopped short at 1845 it's okay uh, it's not again it's not the end of the world i don't think it's it's a tremendous problem at this point if it was, if bullock's not getting 33 minutes <laughs> like he was usually um but I, I, I wanted those numbers closer. They were closer tonight. I need Josh to hit that 20-minute threshold to feel great. And then I'll shut the hell up about it. Did I miss anybody that was trash tonight? Did I miss anybody that was trash tonight? I'm sorry. I'm, it's after 12, so you, I get a little loopy. After that time, let's see, Bullock, Finney Smith, McGee, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxie Green, and that was it. Nobody else played. So um, overall, um, I think me and Reese both said we weren't sure (laughs) if we would win this game. I think that was fair at the time. I think it remains fair. We did a good job keeping Laurie Marketing pretty quiet. Uh, He finished the game. Let me see here. Finished the game 14 to 7. So that, that's a pretty quiet game for him. He was below his averages. Uh Olinick, only six points. Uh, Vanderbilt was active. He ended up with 15. Clarkson had 22. Sexton had 19 off the bench. He played really well. Uh Josh got a nice block on him in the open court. That was very that was fun. And you know, Utah is a legitimately good team. I don't think anybody has any doubts about that at this point. They're a legitimately quality team. They're a difficult win on any night. So this is definitely a win worth celebrating. Two nights from now, we'll be playing the Toronto Raptors, who are coming off of two huge blowout wins. Uh, I'm going to pull up that. There. They blew out the Spurs 143-100 to 100 tonight. And... On Monday, they beat the Hawks 139 to 109. So the Raptors are hot coming in, and it'll be a fun matchup, I think. I think it'll be a good matchup um, for us to test if we have have turned things around and are in going in the right direction. Um, I feel like I've rambled along long, long enough here. It's about 30 minutes. I believe I've, we've done shorter ones with both of us. <laughs> but... Um, Thanks for checking in. Uh, I started as a solo podcaster, but it does feel weird now to do solo podcasts. I was going to try to do another one for my movie podcast, but I'm skipping that tonight. I need to prioritize rest, if you will. So apologies if this was a rambly podcast, but uh, thank you for tapping in with me. We will hopefully Reese will be back Friday. we will be back Friday, though. I I will be back Friday regardless, and I will see you then. Until next time, peace.